You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Hi, Joe. Hi, Pat. Morning. Morning. Here we are. Yes, post-Easter. Post-Easter. So, yeah, so our podcast has re-arisen yeah, after taking taking a couple of weeks off. Bad segue, but there you go. But it's there. It's there. Ba-boom. <laughs> Did you have a good break? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I managed to get away with uh, with the family and kind of just get a bit of t- um, downtime. Really, you know, I think that's what's great about um, Easter being a four day block, and then often here in Australia, it's followed up by Anzac Day. So we kind of get these sometimes if the moon aligns, um, not the not the stars, but the moon uh, being a lunar calendar, we tend to get this kind of run over the school holidays. But then also, it's quite easy to be able to take time, and the world feels like it stops. So it doesn't really happen every year, but it kind of this year it feels more like a Christmassy break where a lot of the world is kind of doing what you're doing which I think often makes it easier to take a bit of a time time out and what about what about yourself yeah that's a good way to say it I think in terms of schedules aligning and people be able to take a break and get off the Hmm. the treadmill that we all find ourselves on too often uh yeah really good break Hmm. fam managed to get away to a special spot in my heart which is nice the youngest managed to get up there and experience it and there was some close friends and family that got around and it was uh it was special it was pretty noisy um but it was really cool i grew up there like in terms of my memories to where we went and it was cool to start seeing the kids create some memories and their cousins so yeah it felt pretty nourished which is nice very nice yeah cool yeah so here we are we left off last podcast and jumping into sort of different ways governance could maybe work because we landed ended we're at a federal election here campaign going on yeah which is <laughs> rest in peace elbow <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so for yeah. for those that don't know it's it's going on we got five more weeks four more weeks where are we at uh, it's hard to know it, um yeah. it feels like we're always in an election cycle in this yeah. country sometimes but yeah. um yeah i think we're i think we got three and a half yeah. even so it's it's gone quite quickly yeah and it's gonna speed up but we really ended ended our last conversation around different ways that we can govern and sort of i suppose change the dynamics around what what it is to govern lead and what it is to participate and feel part of something absolutely and sort of springboarding this conversation into what are the ways to change those dynamics around sort of rather than having a one-time vote, whether you're a shareholder, whether you're a, um, a citizen, and how do you feel part of something and how do you allow that space to happen? And hmm. I've been sitting on that and I think lots of different ways can come into this to enable, I suppose, and encourage greater participation. I feel like we are at a precipice where there has to be builds on what democracy stands for and what it is. And I think it's happening at organisational levels. I think COVID in a weird way has actually shifted those tectonic plates because it's forced change on us. Mm. And it's allowed us to see difference. It's like given us a window, I suppose, around how we want to organise and how we want to run this. But Mm. seeing the federal election happen doesn't give me much hope because it's very much old old cycle running yeah old media running but seeing things on the periphery and the way that they operate around the conversations around data sovereignty what that means and spaces like data sovereignty and the way that decentralization works and the way that different structures are starting to be born gives me hope that there 
there is a space to build on this and that there is a periphery building into something a lot more substantial than what we might give it credence for. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, like I, maybe the maybe the way to frame up the conversation is to think about it through a few different lenses. So through the historic lens, so kind of where do we actually find ourselves, you know, and kind of why, um, and then start to think about kind of like how the kind of the digital age is actually shaping ways that we participate. Because I think if, you know to address the first part of that in in history, I think what's what's interesting is that ultimately human society. For forever has always been shaped by the form of the, the way that our kind of technology or the way that we kind of um, make things actually therefore creates um, societal structure right and what what's interesting for us at the moment is that you know we've almost got a legacy I would say way of kind of governing things that is born of a time that we broadly no longer work in mm. or live in or participate in so you know i think your point around covid really kind of strikes me and it's a great point is that what that kind of showed was that the way that we kind of worked if you unpack that for a second was really born out of kind of the the last kind of core change in structure which was really driven out of world war ii when um you know of, um, unfortunately many many people lost their lives but through that, what actually happened was that really the participation of women in particular in the workforce really started to, to change. And then as kind of people returned back to normality, what we saw was a society that really for the first time kind of had um, this economic kind of um, stimulus going through it in terms of kind of that, you know, families doing quite well for themselves. But this change in the makeup of kind of the way that society was actually structured um, Therefore, it kind of drove this part. But really what we took from that was that it was the nine to five work day, right? So kind of, you know, um, you know, kind of the Dolly Parton song was absolutely true, right? It's that I went there for nine and I left there at five. But the, the key part of that story is that I went somewhere. And now I think what we're seeing is that kind of the, the work kind of concept is becoming much more kind of distri distributed in terms of that there's different parts, ways you can structure your life to get work done, particularly in knowledge, knowledge industries, et cetera, but also many other facets of life now in terms of the way that that works. But yet our governance, I would argue, is still kind of coming from that one vote, kind of one person, you know, kind of going through, you go to the kind of the polls, kind of you go somewhere to kind of vote. Whereas I think um, democracy has got to find ways to become more digital in, in where we're actually heading. So not just in the tool, the fact that you can vote digitally, but even that we're still very, very challenged around. Like we've had digitally influenced elections, you could argue, um, but what we haven't had is probably digitally centric ways for citizens to participate in the ongoing leadership of causes um, or kind of you know policy development. 100%. It's that very transactional approach. I think you're so right with that legacy and that update that is needed. I suppose governance coming into digital mm. is a good way to frame that. And, mm. and governance coming into the 21st century around participation and what that actually looks like, what it means. And then it also brings into the great questions around a lot of urban hubs are very digital, but how do we make rural hubs digital in Australia? Mm. Um, Media is very much concentrated. We still have that dynamic around. We do. Um, who has access to the internet and where print media and all of sort of, I suppose, the inflection points of where people get their ideas from, where information flows. Exactly. In Australia, we've got very concentration, heavy concentration in rural areas around who accesses what media. Yeah. And usually it comes from the back door of Murdoch. Mm. Um, so I think that's 
a big play if we can start to figure out ways as a democracy to enable people different access points to information. And if you can make it more digital, forces governance structures to enable access in those rural environments and encourage participation through democracy is is yep. a space that I think we need to come up to. And especially there's a big push here in Australia, at least on the back of COVID, to really engage rural areas mm. to become and feel like they can participate in the digital world um, for fear of being left behind. Absolutely. And so there's a quite a, a strong, I don't know, it's going back to that window, but then there's also timings around that to enable that to happen because there's a big push mm. um, economically but socially as well to enable that. Yeah, yeah. And I get the role of government in, in all of that. So I think, you know, platforms like a .gov, for example, which is really, you know, it's just, it's a the digitization of the um, delivery of government. I think that's kind of, to me, is like the 1.0 version of, of where kind of, you know, true participative digital democracy can actually start start to head. So arguably, you know, the ability for government to deliver service online, yes, it's clunky at times, but I mean, but anything with that amount of identity authentication tends to be um, clunky. But I think, you know, there is an effort to be able to, to interact with government in a way that is agnostic of location. What we haven't seen... <clears throat> is then ways that I can continually participate in kind of the actual decision making that goes goes into government. And I think that's that's where we're arguably heading. Mm. Um, but then the kind of the mechanisms for for how that actually works, because I think it's it's interesting because it challenges the very notion of kind of almost parliamentary democracy is is kind of the interesting part to to me anyway, Pat, I think to think about is that why in today's world does that work the way that it actually does? Because we kind of, we're really left with a few areas of our world that are broadly still legacy. Healthcare is one of them, mm -hmm. right? So I go somewhere to have this thing done to me by that specialist. Like that's just in very simplistic terms. You nailed that delivery. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's still happening. That's still happening, know, right? Yeah, it's, it's so true. And that's, obviously there needs to be a physical component of that, of course, but it's changing, right? So it's kind of like these are the last kind of bastions that have broadly remained untouched in terms of the the delivery or the kind of the interactive mechanism. Yes, of course, healthcare has digital rec record holding, all of that sort of stuff, but it's not as far as it could be. Um, and then when you start to think about like voting and kind of pr participating and stuff, like why do I vote? once every three years for someone who then goes and represents my views for that period of time. I don't do that in any other aspect of my life. And these are the kind of things that I think are um, interesting to start to kind of think about, which is that always on democracy, really what it takes away is that you could vote on everything, right? Everything that's actually put forward as kind of as a, as a policy direction, you in theory could go to the people. It's very easy to, to do that now. But the question is, why aren't we doing it? Yeah, and it's a great question to put towards and to follow your analogy of we go that place to get done. We go to the booths to then put a group of people, pigeons in, another in a place. box <laughs> and they make the decisions for the next three years. Yeah, it's a it's an archaic sort of approach when mm. you really start to dissect it and why. Yeah. Um, but it does get really tricky, I think, when 
start to figure out the alternative to that. And that's where everyone stumbles because it's easy to see the problems. Mm. But then the next steps, how do we do that? Is, no doubt. Is a tricky one, but a worthwhile one. Yeah. But to uh, use your analogy, like we're asking, we're asking turkeys to vote for Christmas. Yeah. Right. But I, but I also, you know, or Thanksgiving, de- depending on um, when you um, consume turkey. <laughs> but that that said, the, the piece that to me is really interesting is that it's also the box that they're in yeah. right and that's that's the thing i think is most interesting about this is that um you know if you're a politician the the curve of that the expectation and kind of being able to almost get through these things in a way that is almost dehuman dehumanizing now in terms of what you actually need to be to be a politician mm. in that in that space is kind of that democracy arguably was never that right but in a digital transparent age being able to be real and kind of then being able to have differences around different nuances of stuff like i think we're getting much more granular in how we can view um nuance Mm. other than in public discourse right and we've spoken about this before and i'm kind of keen to get your view on it but it's almost the mechanism forces you to be populist in your perspective whereas Maybe if it was like one issue, one vote um, around that and one person, one issue, one vote, you could start to see nuance in kind of so I might be, you know, we've had discussions around like I'm I'm less kind of anti um, gas, for example, than you are Mm. right around around all that. But that said, like we could disagree on that, but then be completely aligned around social inclusion. But that's kind of what's happened is that I can't stand there in that position because I'll get crucified on the fact that I'm pro-gas or whatever the case may be, depending upon my version of popularity. It's so true. And I think that's what we do miss in today's day and age is like trying to decipher what's going on in government is you're making so many trade-offs. And like... And that is governance and that is democracy, that there is give and take around what goes through and what doesn't. And yeah, But I don't think it is, as you, to your point, a fair representation of where people actually fit. And then we start to get into the, the lobbyists and we start to get into the back end of politics and where money sits and where deals are broke. And I think that's where we really hit the tricky stage of how to dethrone the incumbents. Like mm. that's what we're, or dethrone the people who are sitting right now at the precipice of power because yep. it's it's centralized it and is. it's very easy to get to if you're someone who has vested interests in the way that Australia is governed and the way that power is brokered mm. and it means a big deal to your business right now our structure is very simple to engage with yeah but as an individual as someone who has a vested interest as a as an individual and what that means for our future your kids future it's very hard to get to power and it's very hard to get to that. Yeah, you make Those, such a great point. Yeah, and I think this is where I find that the periphery that's building around the internet and it's building these ideas around decentralization are going to have to, at one point, intersect with how, governan- how governance is, is distributed in a democracy. Yeah. Because we are very much a centralized democracy. Like, that's our version. It's centralized democracy with a sort of faux participation in it. That's always been my view ever since I came to understand how our democracies worked. I think you're told that this is a great enlightenment, Hmm. and it is. It's a great build. But to your point, that we've hit Hmm. this moment where it doesn't, it's it's in the past, way too far back, and it needs to come up to speed with where we are and what we understand and the tools that we have. 
Spot on, spot on. And like if you take like a horizons view of kind of looking looking at um, improvement, so systems continually improve. So if you kind of you're into kind of horizons or systems thinking, a system will always try to optimize itself. But the core question you always have to ask is where did the bloody system start with to begin with? And democracy started from giving land owners a vote, right? It wasn't about everyone having one. It was about if you own land, you could participate in the direction of that but that was a response to monarchy that controlled and doled out land Land. so when we look at how far we've come in optimizing that system it kind of when you look at it through that lens Mm. we've got a great system because one person does have one vote and it's not linked to whether i own property or not it's linked to citizenship of a nation but that's probably as far as that can actually go but when you look into it we've created multiple different levels of voting on exactly the same thing multiple different levels of power like for example you can vote here on who we want our council rep to be we can vote for who we want our state um mp to be we can vote for who we're sending to parliament right but what we can't vote on is differences around how we actually want to fund schooling or how we want to fund you know environmental restoration or how we actually want to fund kind of inclusion in our area and that's the part i think where communities become really unstuck and in the current system the only way you have to respond to that is to run as the independent but really what you're saying as a community is that we're so fucked off with all of this that we're literally almost going to give up our ability to influence the agenda unless we're in opposition to it so we can be the the kind of the the fly in the ointment that stops the machine from running but that's how we're going to influence the agenda which like when you look at it and you step back through that it's preposterous because that's the worst of us it's not the best of us that's so true and we get to this point now how do we start to inflect change and how do we start to because you get to this moment in time where we are in australia where it turns into this populist vote everyone scrambles pretends like they're going to vote on policy, but they're really voting on who God knows what. Yeah. Like the two parties that we run right now are not that different. But it's populist politics. It's about the leader. It's not about their policy. That's exactly it. So to the point, I think there's a lot, because to hark back to our conversation last time we were on the pod was Mm -hmm. there is a role for the citizen to start to realise and how do we flip that? We've been spoon-fed for so long and I think it comes down to as well this opportunity and this window because the nine to five was very much resting on the institution, pay the bill, you just have to rock up, do the work, head home, done. But now it's a little bit more messy and Mm. there's room for earnest and responsibility to fall back onto the employee and the employer and where that sits. There's room now, but then there's room now in citizenship to allow that. But there isn't like a conduit to really thread that narrative where it's like, actually you do have a role what is it and how does it work and i think a key piece to this would be to really an educational piece around citizenship realizing that data is a limb of their own yep and understanding that like data is as much an arm a leg a foot a genital Hmm. and what is being done with that is actually being done to you as a person as an individual Mm. and understanding what that is i think could add a add a good layer of citizenship to understanding how we participate in society and what that actually means as a collective and an individual level and how and where you use your data as a power i think really starts to empower the individual to understand that their choices 
actions and movements dictate the way that we interact, transact. Like, I think that is a key piece, but I don't know how that delivery is going to get through in terms of people really understanding that and and taking power and ownership of that data. But it's coming. It is is coming. And I think you probably start to see it more kind of like you see it already in community, right, at a community level with things that are specific to that community. Kind of it's already been enabled like that, Mm. right? Whether that's, you know, simple kind of polls or whatever the case may be. Do you want this? Don't you want this? It does exist at that level in terms of because they're micro enough for that to work Mm. but then the question becomes at a kind of a more of a meta scale like i think what's happened is that at a meta level like i would argue if you could see the internet you could see it like in terms of actually being able to visualize it what you would see across the world is broadly exactly the same things but everyone's yelling about it in a slightly different different way yeah and then to the ability to join the dots across all of that you you have to kind of think through what the agenda is if you see that and there's certain companies that do see that you know they are able to see that why don't they join the thread right but they don't so you have to un- buy their actions therefore that's their, that's, their, that's their intention simple. that's their intention it's, it's well, you have to like that's actions are intention yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter you know you can say all you want in in any form of your life but actually how you act is who you are and and that's that's the thing that we we kind of in citizenship we don't understand that in reverse and that's that's what happens so how we act as citizens at the moment is basically who we are and our actions around kind of participation i mean australia always fascinates me because you have to vote right you you have to i'm not a citizen of australia so i can't vote right but i'm i'm always astounded about the fact that everyone goes and votes whereas that's that's not my experience of growing up in canada or in the uk it's just people just like Man, i can't be bothered right and but population kind of it's interesting politics here because you have to play to everyone right because it's you don't have to do that in other democracies you just play Play to base Engaged, yeah. and hope you get enough kind of spillage around the area there to win and that's but that even that you think if you think about that as an individual citizen that's what we get that's what we get back for our one vote we get that yeah so as a thought experiment i don't yeah. know if we should do this now or next week but imagine if your data was a vote voting mechanism your actions mm. for the year Ended up, and you could somehow create like a, a system where it really voted. So for the five year period or whatever, how you how you spend your money, where you spend it, really supports yep. different policies that have been proposed. That's a. I mean, that's definitely a whole episode for one. I mean, I love the idea. It's it's great, and I think we should unpack it because that's you know coming that's back to your first. Speak louder than words. Yeah, but that's your first kind of um you know I guess kind of provocation in in this kind of potty is that that's where we started is kind of what are the ways that are kind of more participative and what you're talking about there is basically behavior equaling action, right? So kind of the ways that we actually spend influence time, what whatever the case may be. I mean, I think we might end up watching a lot of Kardashians and um, <laughs> random kind of apps and really bad food from maccas but you know that said like that's might become our food agenda at schools i really i really don't know but i think what we'd probably start to see is to your point more about kind of the ways that we are and kind of what we need to do to close the gap against some of these bigger issues rather than what we're told we're supposed to be Mm. i think it'd be a good one to explore and what all right how that might look and then take it from there around that proposition of a new 
like thought experiment governance structure just to start to break it down and to just for us to for the audience if you have any questions around that sing it through yeah definitely. but that's sort of where we'll go next week and explore how that might look how that might operate and then from the conversation to spill on from there into the into the next chapter of governance and and that responsibility i suppose great stuff all right very exciting thanks Joe. all right cheers back Thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.